We ready for the word today? Open up your Bibles. Open up your Bibles to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 9. Everybody smile at me, would you? It just, I just, when I look out there, I see all those smiling faces. It's just, I don't know, makes it great up here. All right, smile at the person next to you. Let them see how it feels. So you got, yeah, see, just give them a big smile. Come on, no, no, I want to see grins. I want to see teeth. So those pearly whites, there you go. Oh, Glory, you're like, oh. <laughs> she's giving JJ this look like, don't you smile back at me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh we're having a good time today. John chapter 9, verse 1. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, for the night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now when he had said these things, he spat. Everybody spat. Right? My kids like to spat. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody spat. Okay. He spat on the ground and made clay with his saliva. And then he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And then he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore his neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this the one who sat and begged? And some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. And he said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes open? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Let me pray. Father, thank you. God, I just ask you to anoint me to, to deliver your word, God, to help us to hear from you today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. So let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever felt at any point like possibly God was leading you to do something a little bit unusual, something kind of strange? Has anybody ever had that happen? Like there's just maybe some sort of like, well, that might be God, you know, but it seems a little weird. Anybody? Okay, how did that turn out? What did you do? Just think about it for a second. Did you, did you kind of like shy away from that? Did you question it and think, well, that's probably just me. I'm just some weird thing I'm getting in my head. What was it? Was it, or did you, did you go with it? Did you go with it and kind of step out and see what happened? And it, it seemed unusual. It seemed a little atypical for the situation for you, kind of who you are. You know, your personality didn't really fit, but you went with it. And what happened? Right? Did God show up? And, and how did that thing play out for you? I don't know about you, but I read this story and I'm like, this is just really interesting to me. Jesus spits on the ground and he makes this mud ball, basically, and he smears it in the dude's eyes. Now, I, I'm, if you ever tried something like that before, I've never actually, thank God, he's never asked me to do that because that would be a little bit weird. Um, you know, one time he actually spit on his fingers and like stuck his fingers and some guy's ears that was deaf, and then the guy started to hear after that. Let me demonstrate. Chuck, come up here for a second. I want to show you how this works. You know, he did, 
he did some some really unusual things, didn't he? Um, I mean, he spits on the ground. He makes this mud. He smears it in somebody's eyes. And you think, okay, that's the key, right, to healing people that are blind? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because there's plenty of other examples in the Bible, other chapters, other gospels, where Jesus healed blind people, and all he really said was, see. See. So, so people were healed by just the spoken word of God, and people were healed or ministered to by very unusual things that Jesus did. One time, uh, he was walking along in a city, and there was a funeral going on, and they were carrying the dead man in the casket, and Jesus walked up to the casket and started talking to the dead guy, and the guy came back, to, and he, he reached into the coffin, and he touched the guy, and I don't know about you, but that freaks me out too. Because can you imagine going in a funeral? People are mourning and grieving, seriously, right? I mean, and you walk up and you go up there. People are staring at you. What is this guy doing? He's out of his mind. This is a funeral. How disrespectful. And then he touches the guy in the casket who's dead. And the guy comes to life. Very unusual. But other times, all he said, what did he say to the little girl? Jairus' daughter that was dead. He said, little girl, arise. What did he say to Lazarus? Lazarus come forth. All these things, right? These different situations that I, I've just, I've asked God and I've prayed over this before. Like, what's the deal here? Like, help me see some things that are going on. Because we think to ourselves, well, that's just Jesus, right? I mean, Jesus can kind of get away from that stuff or get away with that stuff. He got away with it because it worked, because people got healed, because it happened, right? But we think, well, that's just Jesus. That's not me. Well, I beg to differ. I beg to differ because here's, the, here's my point. Let me ask you this. Do you carry a different ministry in you than the ministry Jesus carried? No. We carry the Holy Spirit, who is God, right? And so we carry the same ministry that Jesus carried with him whenever he walked around and did some very simple things, heal, speak, open, right? And he did some very unusual things like smash mud in people's eyes and, and tell them to see, right? But we carry the same ministry with us. Now, Jesus said something in John chapter 12. He said, verse 49, he said, I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command of what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me to speak. So everything that Jesus did, he was led to do by the Father. Everything that he did, the very simple and the very basic stuff of open your eyes, you know, didn't make it real strange, to the very unusual things, they were all divinely led. He was hearing God, he was being led, and he was obeying. And you and I carry the same ministry with us and by the person of the Holy Spirit that Jesus did. So might I just suggest to you that there are going to be unusual things that God is going to ask you to do, that he's going to lead you to do, that are probably going to seem very, very weird or very, very out of the box for you, for who you are, for your personality. But it just might be exactly what God needs to do to move you into a place to do something miraculous, not only in your life, but in the life of someone who needs the faith that, and the ministry that you carry with you. Can you say amen to that? Now, let me take uh, 
So, so I'm asking God, so what is the point of this, God? Like, help me to understand the unusual things. Because I, I accept and I agree that from the scriptures that I read, God is definitely going to prompt me to do unusual things. Things that are probably going to make me feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to look like an idiot if I do this, right? Or I'm gonna, this is going to be really, really weird and totally unconventional to what people are used to seeing me do. But I believe and I know that I need to be open to that and I need to be looking for that and ready for that because frankly, guys, I don't want to miss anything that God has for me. It's more important to me to be in the perfect will of God than it is to look good or care what anybody really thinks of me, right? And I, and I do care what people think of me, but not at the point that I care really to where it would affect how I obey God and listen to the leading of God. Does that make sense? So what trumps everything is, is, is what God wants me to do. And so if it's unusual things at times that he's asking of me, then I, I'm all in and I'm excited to see what God d- does as I move in this. So I say, okay, what's, what's up with this unusual stuff? What can we all glean from this, right? And God was just showing me, first of all, that look, God rarely operates on our agenda anyway. You know, like it's, it, we, we have a timetable. We have a way things need to look, how we want them to look, how, when it should come, how it should come, and what proportion it should come. And we, we all have our own idea of that. But God rarely operates on that same agenda as what we do. And so what he was showing me is that first of all, that if we're looking for something that seems normal or typical or what we're used to, then it's not necessarily going to stretch our faith or, or cause us to press in as much to really, really hear what it, more things that God has for us that are like kind of blazing a trail, uncharted territory, new areas that we would pioneer in our faith. Now, I have to acknowledge something because my wife asked me to acknowledge this at this particular point in my message today. Yep, she, she wanted to interrupt the whole thing for this. That that little part I just said about blazing a trail was actually a message that she came up with. It's funny because she, you know, we're, we, I'll, I'll preach and afterwards I'll say, hey, what do you think? She's like, oh, it's great. You know, I gave you that part of your message or whatever. And I'm like, what? No. So anyway, this whole idea of blazing a trail, um, we, I, I, she was asking me this morning, like, well, what are you going to preach about? And I'm like, well, there's this part in there you're going to talk about like, blazing the trail and God's called us all to something unique and if we're doing something that we've already seen or that looks like everything else we're used to then we're not really blazing a trail in our unique giftedness and callings and then she got all upset and then she's like we had this big argument of who was actually going to preach today (laughs) and yeah and she looked at me JJ she had the curling iron in her hand and she looked at me with look at the mark on the back of my neck this burn mark right there yeah it's not color from yesterday but anyway um so there you go babe are you happy now there you go all right, so <laughs> I'm going to have a great day. All right. So he said, she says, first of all, you know, getting into the unusual, getting out there in areas that seem really different, it really stretches our faith. It really kind of causes us to press in and, and know and make sure we're really hearing God clearly, right? So that we can step out and do something that we've never never seen or ever, never asked us to do before. But that when we do, there's like this whole new thing that God can start to do in us and through us when we step out into this area where it's really all faith. Because I'm not comfortable with this. I don't know anything about this. This isn't who I am. But if God said it, I'm going to do it. So I'm over here. And now my faith is all on the line. And it just has a way of stretching us and growing us like just the normal things that we might be used to or comfortable with. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying the normal things that we're comfortable with. We don't want to operate in that all the time, 
Are you with me? We had this health and wellness month, right? And uh, one of the things that our speaker this last week was talking about was muscle memory and how your muscles can get, if you do the same exercise over and over again, they just kind of get used to it. And, and so then it doesn't stretch them and, and, and cause them to grow quite as much. And it's just not good to do the same thing over and over again. Then I would just say, I just think about this, like with our faith, you know, we, God isn't asking us to just always have faith in areas that we've already had faith for before. I mean, he will. It's, there's something faith on top of faith is big. But he's also asking us to get out and do unconventional things where we really got to have a new kind of faith so he can do a new kind of thing in us and through us. Are you with me? So that was the first thing. second thing God said when he's talking about, you know, these unusual things that he asks us to do is that there really uh, needs to be a closeness in, uh, between us and God in order to sense that, in order to have confidence in that, and to really step out into that. See, God, I believe he's, he's prompting all of us at different times and in different places to do unusual things. But the difference is, is if, if we're close to God and we know his voice and we know what his leading feels like, that even though it might freak us out a little bit and be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. At least we know because we're close to our father that it's him and that it's his leading. And at the end, that ought to trump anything that we feel a little bit uncomfortable about, right? So there's a purpose in these unusual kind of things that God is asking us to do, that he's asked many people in the Bible to do before us. Take a look at another one. This is interesting. In 2 Kings chapter 2, 2 Kings chapter 2. And this is Elijah. He's just basically, I'm sorry, Elisha. He's just taken over the ministry that Elijah walked in. And, he's, and Elijah's now went on to be with God in heaven, and he's passed his mantle to Elisha. And so this is one of the first things that happens. He says uh, in verse 19, so Elisha comes back. He says, now the men of the city said to Elisha, behold, the situation of this city is, uh, of this city is pleasant as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the land is unfruitful. So he said, Elisha, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. Okay, whatever. So they brought it to him, and then he went to the spring of water, and he threw salt in and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed the water. From now on, neither death nor miscarriage shall come from it. So the water has been healed to this day, according to the word that Elisha spoke. Now, I picked this one because there's plenty of these stories in the Bible where it's like, what in the world? Can you imagine? I mean, it's, it looks great when you read it because you see everything that unfolds. Can you imagine being the guy that's like, uh, yeah, we've got death uh, in the water. Go ahead and give me a bowl of salt. That's what I need. Give me a bowl of salt and bring it here. Now, I'm convinced that he was, he was being led. The Spirit of God was leading him and whispering to him. And so there was something there in that that Elisha was moving in. Now, if you back up just a little bit in the, in the chapter there, you know that when Elijah went to be with God in heaven, he didn't actually have a physical death. He just departed. I want to go that way, baby. I really do. But I don't know. So he just departed and went to be with God. And he passed his mantle to Elisha. Now, the first miracle that Elisha did is he was coming back from where they had set out to. And he had to cross the Jordan River. And Elijah, when he was leaving, he led Elisha. They crossed the Jordan River. And Elijah did, I know it's getting confusing, but Elijah did a miracle where he put his mantle in the water and the, and the waters parted. And they both walked across the water together. Now, after Elijah goes to be 
in heaven with God, and Elisha takes his mantle. He turns around to go back to his calling of ministry. And the first miracle he did was he actually had to put the mantle back in the water, part the water so he could walk back again. So the first miracle was one that he had already seen. Are you with me? He had already, I would imagine he had some faith for this thing. He just watched however long ago, not long ago, his predecessor do that. And so I don't know how much he really thought about it. Certainly he still had to have some faith for it, but he puts the thing in the water, the water parts, he walks across. So the first miracle he had already seen. But the second miracle, the next one, was something he had never actually seen before. A bowl of salt, throw it in the water. Really? What's that all about? I'm convinced that God was really trying to prepare him. He's saying, listen, the first miracle you already have faith for, but I want this next miracle that you're going to do to be something that you've never seen before because I want you to understand, even though your faith has been established on top of the things you've already seen, that if you're going to fulfill the call that I've got for you, you've got to be ready to step into a new thing and do something that's unique to you and your faith that you've never seen before. And I'm going to challenge you with unusual things that have never been done and you stepping out into that place is going to and having the faith for that is going to be the key and opening up some powerful move that's going to change the world and change other people's lives amen and i believe that's the same way for us guys same way for us i mean you see people healed or you see things happen in people's lives that you evidence of god's hand at work that gives us faith right when i see somebody have a financial miracle in their life where God just delivers them from something that was going to destroy their financial household and then God comes in and delivers that, that helps me to have faith that, that God can do that for me too. I get that. But there's other things that come along that I need to have faith for that quite frankly, God's asking me to step into a place I've never seen anybody do that before. I've never seen anybody walk into something like that before. And that's the same way for you and I. It has to be. Think about it. If all of us are created unique and different, and all of our gifts are unique to, to us and, and serve a different purpose in the body, then shouldn't we all at points in time be walking and having to cut down trees and blaze a new trail in an area where we've never been before? instead of following a path that's already laid out for us? If that's the case, if we're all unique and we all have unique giftedness and unique callings, then at some point in time, in some place, every one of us ought to be asked to go into an area where there is no path before us and we've gotta be the ones that step out and start cutting down the trees. Are you with me? Say amen. All right, say I'm with you. Say that's good stuff, Pastor. Katie, Katie, Pastor Katie. Um, now think about this. We, we have this garden in our house and it's, it's awesome. We, this is our first year really doing a big garden and we, the weeds, oh, I'm telling you, I just, they just the weeds, right? So you get out there and you you just constantly got to pull these weeds because they grow up and they overtake the plants and then the plants can't get the nutrients they need, all that good stuff. So we're out there in the garden and we, we pull all these weeds up and you see the real obvious weeds. They're, they stand out, you know, it's a weed. But it's interesting because after we go through and do all this, you have to go through in, in a second time. And you've got to get really, really close to the plant, the good plant. Because there's weeds that somehow they grow right alongside the plant and they kind of like look like the plant. Are you with me? Like you, you might miss it because it just looks so much like the thing. And so I was thinking about this and I'm like, you know, when we move 
into unusual things that are very, very out of the ordinary and different that God is calling us to. Make sure you, that's the key, right? That God is calling you to. When we move into these things, it's kind of like the weeds that you want, which is they, they're real easy to spot and see. When I move in faith, listen to me, I don't want it to be mistaken for me. I don't want anybody to get any picture of anything that's happening other than God is using me and God is doing something. And when I step out into an area that's like, whoa, dude, that is weird. Like, that's out of the box. I at least know that when God shows up, there's not going to be any mistake in it for anything except God's hand and was moving in the situation. Are you with me? And so for all of us, when we move into these unusual places, guys, God shows up. It's going to be apparent to you and everyone around you that God was moving in your life. And that's what we want, right? We don't want, and that's why sometimes, look, I'm not, I, I mean, me, I agree with medicine, okay? Medicine is good. It has a place. It can be abused too. But I just got to tell you, I want to see the healing, you know? I want to see the miraculous because Sometimes when the medicine is working and then we're praying, I'm, I'm just, can I just be real with you here for a second? I'm just pastoral transparency, okay, in my heart. When, when we're praying for somebody and the medicine's working, and I know sometimes it happens like this and it takes time and there's a process, and as long as people get healed, I, I don't, that's great. But I just, there's a part of me that's like, God, do the healing, you know? Do the miraculous thing because I, I don't want it to look like a you know, to be confused, well, it was the medicine, or well, it was the doctor, or well, it was this. I just want everybody to look at it and say, oh, it was God. It was God. And, and there's going to be things, I can't figure all this stuff out, you know, that happen in our lives where we walk through something like that, and every good and perfect gift is from God. So sometimes the good gifts, like the medicine or the knowledge and things that he gives us, help us. I know that. But there's going to be times where we really got to get out into a place that's different, that's unusual, that's unconventional, and be a trendsetter, not a trend follower, and so that we can move in a unique way of faith that God's calling us to do, that he's not calling anybody else to, and that people can look and say, unmistakable, undeniable. God. God. No other answer for it but God. Settle it right now and there, right? And, and look, we ought to all have stories like that, right? We really should. We ought to all have stories like that where it's like, well, it was crazy. I was going to look like an idiot if I was wrong, but I did it. And God showed up. Hallelujah. Ooh, I feel that right now. Okay. As you see, most people that I know, okay, most people want God to use them in a big way, right? I think that's pretty, we would all agree with that. Most people want God to use them in a big way. And a lot of times people just kind of like keep going, uh, hoping that God will use them. They go on for long stretches of time. Will, when God uses me, if God will use me. And, I'm, you know, look, God wants to use you every day. And, and so I might suggest that a lot of times the opportunities um, are to be used by God are not missed because they're not there, but many times they're missed because they look unusual and they look different. And, and possibly we don't recognize them, or if we see them, we kind of like 
eh, that's just me, you know, or that's, ah, that's, I'm looking for something that fits my picture of what God should be. God will never fit a picture, you know. He's always outside of your picture. So you have to always be willing to receive and accept that God might always do something that you've never even thought of before. That's so unusual and so different, but to hear his voice clearly and to know that it's him. And guys, as we spend time with him and as we make steps into unusual areas, that voice, that leading, I'm telling you, it gets more and more recognizable. You start to wonder less if it's you and you just start to think, holy cow, okay, here we go again. You know, this is God. Because you just get more used to it. You step out in it and you get more familiar with it. It's still freaky, but you know that it's God and you're not questioning it as much. There's not this big sense of doubt and little sense of maybe. When we had our twins, our baby girls, when they were little, this is one of the awesomest thing they would you know scream and cry that's awesome right in in their crib and when they would scream and cry katie and i both got to the point both of us where we could actually tell from downstairs which one of them was crying slightly different pitch i don't know how to really explain it it was just a it was just a little bit different not huge but a little bit different and we would be downstairs talking or whatever, and it'd be like, oh, there's Alyssa, it's your turn. Oh, there's Annalise. And we would sometimes have people over, and they'd be like, how in the world do you guys know that? How do you know which one of them is crying? And sure enough, I mean, it got to the point where we were rarely wrong about that. And we would just simply say, well, we've just heard their voice so much, and we've heard them cry enough. Well, we just know now. It's familiar enough to us. Oh, and listen voice of God, the leading of God, the whisper in your ear, the divine prompting that he's leading you with, ought to become so recognizable, familiar, that even though it might scare the you-know-what out of you to go and do what he's asking you to do, there can't be any sense anymore in you that, oh, this isn't really God. I'm not sure that this is God. Because you know it, you can't mistake it. You've spent enough time with him. You've stepped out in faith before where he's called you to unusual things. And you've seen the evidence that it's God. And that it doesn't have to look a certain way or fit a certain box that you have in mind that it needs to fit. We all want it to come in a pretty package, don't we? We always want God's leading, his gifts, his destiny, his part. Come in a pretty package that looks great. It's my perfect picture of what I have in mind. God says, I'm going to blow that thing apart, right? But listen, guys, some of the best gifts come in the most unusual packages. I know, you know, we get all these gifts at Christmas, and I, I got to tell you, I can't wrap a box to save my life. I don't, I can't, the, the bows that you peel and stick, that's my deal. That's the way I go. People that wrap that ribbon and tie that, God bless you. I can, I'm never, that's not my gifting. I'm never going to be gifted at wrapping, okay? But we get all these pretty packages and they look so nice, don't they? You're like afraid to even open it or touch it. It's like, uh, uh, you know, don't want to mess it up. Am I supposed to save that? I don't know. Is it just the box? Is that my present? It's nice. It could sit on my table and look at but really the best gifts for me, no offense, anybody, but my kids bring me these little gifts that are wrapped up in paper 
and, and they've got scribbles all over them, and they got duct tape and scotch tape just wrapped up. I can't even get it open. And I open it up, and they're smiling, and they're beaming. Daddy, do you like it? And I've seen that gift before three times, but I love it. Are you with me? Guys, oh, listen, some of the best gifts that God wants to give you, they're going to come in some of the most unusual packages. I beg you, don't discard it. Don't question it. Don't doubt it. Go with it. Step out where that divine prompting is leading you and open that thing up and watch and see God do something amazing and beautiful and blow the, 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 the parameters off your mind that anything has to look a certain way or feel a certain way when it comes to how God wants to use you. Amen. Hallelujah. Many times, many times, guys, we can, you know, uh, people, as a pastor, you, 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 you talk to people about their life. You, you, you know, people that are walking with uh, family members and friends. You know, sometimes God uses you to speak a word into someone's life. There's no question about that. Sometimes God uses you to, to speak something of truth or encouragement or maybe even correction. I mean, he uses us to speak into other people's lives. It's, it's part of his design in the body. No question. But listen, so, so don't discount that. That's huge, okay? And I just make that point because I don't want mist to get mistaken on this. But, but, there are things that God wants to do through you, that he wants to show you, that he wants to use you for, that he wants to speak to you, that he doesn't want coming secondhand. He doesn't want secondhand information on certain things. He wants to be the direct source speaking to you. And he wants you to be the first one to hear it and to receive it. Because I just believe that he knows if it comes from anybody else, it's just going to be different than the way he wants it to be. And it needs to come from him. And it needs to be you that hears it first. And it needs to be you that steps out in it and obeys it. And it's unique and it's different and it's unusual. And you've probably never seen anything like it before. But God isn't going to go and get a pastor and get a prayer person and get a few other people to come bring you every single message or every single leading or every single divine prompting, right? Any of us. Some he will. But there are things most of the communication ought to be between us and God. And there's things that he's going to say, I'm going I'm to be the one to give you this. And you're going to be the one that has to receive it. There's going to be no middleman here. There's going to be no secondhand information here. Not to discount that, you know what I'm saying? But his point is, is that we have to get so used to hearing that, the voice of God and getting close to that, that we recognize it in our lives and we can move on that and not even doubt or question or wonder whether it's him. And to know that when we do, it might get a little crazy, but crazy is good, right? I mean, cra I'm crazy. It's fun. It's a good way to be. Boring is not good. Sorry. I'm just, you just want to be excited. You want to be out there. And a lot of times the unusual stuff, it gets crazy, but it's awesome. <laughs> and God is moving and you're seeing the results of that. And you think, man, this is building my faith. I'm seeing God do so. I would have never did that on my own. If it were up to me, it would have looked like this. But because of God, and I listened and I stepped out, it looks like this. 
And that's exactly what it needs to be. Amen. You know, Thomas Edison was known for the quote that a lot of people miss a good opportunity because it comes in work and it comes dressed as uh, in overalls and looks a lot like work. They have a picture of what they think they need or what it ought to be. And then something comes along. I'm not saying don't get a vision, okay? But something comes along that doesn't fit that. And because it doesn't fit that and what we think it needs to be, we just like keep on going and keep waiting for the thing. And sometimes it will look like the thing. But my whole point and my whole heart here today is to say we can't ever get in a place where it has to look like this thing. And if it doesn't look like this thing, but it's God, we need to know it, we need to see it, and we need to move on it. Because here's the thing, guys. It isn't just Jesus that was led this way. It isn't just the apostles who spit on people and did all these crazy things. You're going to spit on people. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? Don't do it right now. But anyway. Uh, but each of us that has the Spirit of God in us. We may be in different places in this, different familiarity with this. But I'm just telling you, if the Holy Spirit is in you, then you are one who's subject to divine promptings. You are subject to supernatural, unusual, unconventional divine promptings that'll lead you into a place where God wants to do something miraculous. And we just have to be open to it. We have to say, okay, it's, that's how it's going to be. And I, I'm, I'm going to take it and run with it. And then we need to get close to God so that we can recognize it. We need to move in faith when it happens and watch and see God do what he wants to do. What does unusual look like for you? What does it look like for you? Certainly spitting on somebody has to fit. But what else? There's a guy named Smith Wigglesworth who was a great, great man of faith, right? And I got to tell you, I'm so glad that God gave him the calling that he gave him. I better not say that right now. Okay, so Smith Wigglesworth saw, from what we can really tell, I don't know, but more people raised from the dead than just about any man of faith that's ever walked in our nation. Okay, or he was in England, right? He was in the U.S. too. Anyway, he saw more men raised from the dead than just about any other giant in the faith, other than, you know, of course, the apostles of Jesus. And he would do these crazy things, guys. Like one time... He went up and he pulled somebody out of a casket and threw them up against the wall. And they came to life. They came to life. He punched people in the stomach who were sick in the stomach. I'm, I, mean, I mean, Pastor Rick was pounding on me last week, I know, but <laughs> smacking me and hitting me, you know. But no, he, he punched people in the stomach before and they got healed. Crazy stuff. What, here's the point in that. It better be God. It better be God. I'm willing to guess that wasn't the first call that he had to do something unusual. But my point is, is it was God and people got healed. People came back to the life. It's documented. These are, these are uncontested situations that have happened. Uh-huh. And so all I'm saying is we ought to be realizing that God might want to do something very unusual through you and in you that results in something absolutely miraculous. When Katie and I were first married, and or we were getting married, actually, we were engaged, and uh, we were 
trying to plan for a wedding and all this stuff. And we were having a very challenging time financially. I was building my business. We were 100% commission. I mean, we were stretched like really, really hard and trying to prepare for this wedding and, you know, get our, get a new house set up, all these things. And we were just like, man, there just seems to be a lack here, like of resources. And we both felt compelled instead of just tithing 10% like we always did to start tithing 15%. It's very unusual. Now, I'm just this is a, this is that was unusual for us at the time. It makes no sense. How do you give more when you have less? But it was just a way for God our our story us to stretch us and to say step out into something very unusual that seems very strange, give more, and I'm just telling you we made twice as much money that year at the end of the year than we had ever made in any year prior to that we paid for our whole wedding every part of it that we paid for we spent about ten thousand dollars of our own money for that wedding that year it was crazy guys i mean he just showed up and did it and and i i don't know what it looks like for you but it looks like something what does unusual look like for you and maybe there's something right now that god's been prompting you that he's been kind of tugging at you, some, some sort of divine urge that he's been trying to get uh, through to you that looks very different, that just quite possibly you ought to step out in and watch and see God do something that only he can do. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet with me today? I hope that this has encouraged you. sometimes we got to just really get focused in and, and hear the voice of God it's interesting Elijah when he was coming he was he was in the wilderness and he was searching for direction from God and it's in first Kings 19 and the Bible says that he says that he was looking for God and there was a fire but God wasn't in the fire and, and there was a wind, a mighty powerful wind, but God, he wasn't in the wind. And there was an earthquake, the ground shook, it was a massive earthquake. But God, he, he, he wasn't in the earthquake, you see. And then it says, but the still small voice. God was in the still small voice, the gentle whisper in our hearts here, prompting and leading. We often look for God to do, like, so, you know, like, oh, it's, it's got to be this or it's got to be that or this big picture that, okay. But so much of the time, those divine promptings and leadings are just in that gentle whisper, that still small voice that we need to train our heart to hear. And, guys, the world is loud. There's a lot of noise. It just is. And it can kind of start to overwhelm and drown out the voice of God in our lives if we let it. I know a lot of times when I'm on the phone at my house, I'm trying to make a call and it's like the noise, <laughs> the noise, you know, and, and it's great. I love it. But, it's, you know, I've got to sometimes I have to step out of the room. I got to go to a place where I can hear and I can turn off any distractions, get rid of anything that's interfering, and I can focus in and hear what I need to hear. And sometimes 
when it comes to God's leading in our lives, it's like we have to do just that. We have to take some steps to silence the noise of the world. We gotta go put ourselves in a place where we can just focus on God and hear Him and begin to listen and obey and step out in faith and watch Him do amazing, unusual things that will build and grow our faith and stretch us in ways that possibly nothing else can. If you're here today and this message is ministering to you, you say, Pastor, absolutely, I know what you're saying. I feel God's been prompting me. He's been urging me. Maybe it's even in the moment now to do something that's been very unusual. I just want to ask you to obey Him. I feel like he's just telling me to tell you, just obey him and watch and see what he doesn't do. Watch and see something happen. It'll change the way you look at your purpose and your destiny.